I know there's some decreases expected at some point in 2024. Personally, I don't think will happen as early as people are hoping. Yep. But the sentiment is that things are turning around and 2024, hopefully going to see a decrease. Welcome to the flow real estate and money show for people in Canada looking to understand the home buying process to demystify real estate investing and to make mortgage financing accessible for anyone. The goal here on this show is to help people understand ways to make their money work for them, get in the market sooner, and realistically completely open up the box on how mortgage financing works. I'm Alex McFadden, your host, and I can't wait to help get you into the flow. All right, that's it. The BOC again held interest rates. We're just gonna say that right off the bat because we don't wanna, we don't wanna keep that level of suspense for this entire episode. Yeah. This is going to be a fun episode because we're doing a solo cast and we got a lot of feedback from people who wanted a solo cast and we got more uh, feedback from people that they wanted to bring on. Actually, I'm lying. This is not a solo cast. What am I talking about? (laughs) Where's the dual cast? And we're bringing on Matt Coltira. Ooh, first pod. First podcast. Matt, you, what do you do, Matt? Whoa, I am an associate mortgage advisor here at Flow Mortgage, supporting all the clients and realtors that we work with. Yep, absolutely. Yep. All that, and but you do you do more than that. You got a lot more going on. Tell us a little about your background, buddy. Background, well, I've been in lending for a little bit now. I started right out of college. I actually started underwriting at Canadian Western Bank in the equipment finance department. Yeah. And then from there, I actually started brokering on, on the equipment finance side with a good friend of mine. And then one thing led to another and found myself um, wondering what to do with you know, layoffs and COVID and mortgages seem to be the the answer. So place to go. Here I am. Right on, man. Yeah. We're happy to have you on board. So excited to have Matt on the show here today because Matt's going to bring a little bit of a different perspective. Seeing he sees hundreds of files. Well, he's seen over a hundred files actually already with with Flow. Notably, just last week, I think. I was going to say a hundredth file last week. Nice. Okay, so we hit a big stage, and and so you have a little bit of a different perspective being in the file and and you can bring your color to a lot of this. So I think people will love that, that really just a different perspective. So guys today, you know, of course we all know that the BOC, the kept interest rates at the overnight rate of five, um, but it's not about necessarily just that. The, today's conversation is gonna be realistically, what are the echo effects? Like what are the ricochet effects of that? And what are some of the predictions that are coming out in terms of interest rates? How will that impact the market and what are we seeing as far as what's happening in the current market right now? Just so that the folks out there in January and February can really get a dig into what they should be considering doing and where some of the opportunities are. So, so that's what we're going to do today. Talk a little bit about that and more importantly, really just a, a little bit of a roundtable conversation so that we can keep things fresh around here. Hey, eh? Awesome. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. So specifically, the Bank of Canada kept the key rate at 5%. The key rate is obviously the rate that drives prime up or down. As we know, most Canadian borrowers are breathing a heavy sigh of relief. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> yep, yep. How many times a week have we heard for the last, you know, what, six to eight months of people being very stressed out, trying to figure out what they should do when it comes to variable rate mortgages, right? Yeah, it seems like we might have a little bit more clarity now, hopefully. That's a sentiment at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's hope so. So what actually happened, the, the reason that the bank kept interest rates at the 5% you know, we talk about these things, or at least I talk about on a regular basis on Instagram and so forth, is we're actually starting to see the economy turn around, right? You know, we've noticed that, what well, we've noticed, we've observed that GDP is not in a great spot, so gross domestic product. We've also observed that unemployment is on the way up right now. And in addition to that, we've also observed that, you know, it's it's actually starting to work its way into the economy in 
the sense of lower spending. So we're seeing a little bit lower spending. Inflation is starting to kind of find a little bit of a level playing field, but it hasn't worked its way all the way through, right? Not quite yet. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as how this impacts people, I mean, let's just unpack that really quickly here and and talk about it. You know, I'll just jump in really quickly. First and foremost, anybody who has a variable rate or, or a line of credit, you're still experiencing the same pain as you yeah. had before, right? For sure. If you are in a position where, I mean, I think the only thing I've heard from people is if you're in a position where you're in a variable rate with a TD bank or RBC or CIBC, where you had a locked in variable rate, you know, still people are starting to get those trigger rate emails. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to dig into that a little bit in terms of like the trigger rate and have you experienced people? I haven't experienced too many people acting on the trigger rate. It's a lot more like, what do I do? What does this mean? I think a lot of people, like it was experienced early on when we had those really quick, rapid increases. More so now, that rate's been held for the last little bit. I think, was it back in the summer, there was that 25 point increase. I think that kind of signaled to people that, you know, exactly kind of where we are. They expected that after that 25% or 25 point increase that things would settle down. I think there was a little bit of an increase perhaps priced into the market for this last meeting, but we're fortunate that it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're dead, like bang on in regards to like earlier in the summer when we had that, that increase was when we had everybody obviously reaching out, stressing out because the bank letters were coming in left, right, and center. And, yeah. and like every bank's letter stressed people out so much that we would get calls. Oh, what do I do? What's going on? Am I going to lose my mortgage? And obviously the headlines were like infinity mortgages, lifetime advertisations yeah. and stuff like that. You're right. I felt like a different f- feeling this time. Like it was a different energy in the air. And it almost felt like this, not just a sigh of relief, because I think that was probably the October one, but it almost felt like, okay, cool. Like we're, we're at the peak. I yeah. kind of got that sense, right? Yeah. A bit of a pivot. I think people are kind of expecting maybe not early, early 2024. I know there's some decreases expected at some point in 2024. Personally, I don't think it'll happen as early as people are hoping, yep. but the sentiment is that things are turning around and 2024, hopefully going to see a decrease from the Bank of Canada. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. And so what is a bank account actually looking for to to provide some level of decrease? The first thing, one of the most important things is is looking forward into January. Mm-hmm. December's a big month, as you know, for inflation. Like everybody's out there spending money, buying TVs and I don't know, whatever stuff they buy for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of spending going on right now, consumer spending and credit card bills are racking up right now. And so I think that one of the big things, and I, I don't just think this, we know this for a fact that the BOC or the government is generally speaking going to be looking at what the inflation numbers look like when they come out in January. For sure. To reflect back on on this December. Yeah. And see where it's at. Now, uh, what's interesting is like a lot of people that are out there are looking at, you know, you know, if you look watch a lot of the YouTube videos or look at a lot of TikTok, it's a lot of naysayers, a lot of negativity, a lot of people thinking that like everybody's going to go bankrupt and everybody's going to foreclose. I mean, on my side of things, I'm definitely seeing, we are seeing some pain. For sure. And there's definitely some tough situations that are out there at the end of the day. But more than anything else, I've noticed that I think people are just kind of just taking a step back. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I'd agree with that. I think a lot of people are kind of taking stock of where they're at currently. Yeah. And we're having a lot of those conversations. Like, where do I sit now? And what do where do I need to be to, to make the move that I want? Totally. Yeah. And so... With that being said, you know, of course, we are seeing some people in some tough spots. So one of the things I've noticed is that there's a lot of commentary out there and a lot of communication around 
there being, you know, people that aren't able to make their ends meet. There are conversations around people having like infinity mortgages, like we talked about earlier. And there's no doubt that's true. There are people in some tough spots, both in, and we're seeing a lot of it, obviously in Ontario, Toronto, and some, some people out here, but it, it seems in conversation, like it's, it's not as prevalent yet as people are making it out to be. Have yeah. you noticed that? I'd, I'd agree. I think it's taken a little bit longer than people anticipated to kind of work its through, work its way through in, into the market. Like I think probably over the last maybe four months, that's really when we've started to see a decrease in, you know, consumer spending, which is kind of reflected in some of the, the numbers that we're seeing being put out by all these kind of data houses. Yeah. All the publications are definitely showing that. And I mean, there's definitely, obviously, like we said, going to be a lot of consumer spending around Christmas time and so forth, and that's going to pick up. But one of the things that people often forget when it comes to these types of conversations is that just because inflation's cooling down, we're still in an inflationary measure from perspective of, of wage growth. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is the wage growth numbers came in, and I'm just looking at this right now, and, and you know, Matt, they came in at 4 to 5%. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's still like this lag effect. And, you know, employers and employees are kind of catching up a little bit to what happened. And until that actually slows back down, obviously, we're still going to see some continued inflation in the marketplace. So as far as like reactions, like getting back to the day-to-day anecdotal evidence, I mean, the first thing is we're not, I mean, I don't know if you've seen one yet, but I haven't seen anybody come across anybody yet that's like desperate. They have to sell their house right now. I Not once, I don't think, actually. No. And I mean, let's be honest, like we're, we're seeing you know, we're talking to probably about a hundred new people a month. So we've got a pretty decent sample size of of people that we talk to, right? I'd say so. I think it's more, people are are always thinking that the worst case is happening more frequently than it is. And like you just said, like from experience, at least what we've kind of encountered here, I personally haven't worked on a single file where someone's been forced to sell. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, there is probably some truth associated with the fact that a lot of the pain from the rate increases probably hasn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is there's some truth to the fact that rate increases, it's suggested that they typically take almost a year to work their way into the system. Mm-hmm. Now, based on that feedback, I think the first rate increase happened in 2022. And what was that? It was April or March? I want to say it was April. April, March. Okay, right so April. There, the spring. Yeah, so the spring of uh, of that year. So that would be about a year later that it hit, and that would make sense. So we're talking about 2023. And obviously, we saw the real estate market die all the way down yeah. for a period of time and pick back up in the spring of this year when rates went back down. But you know, we, we had rate increases all the way up until July of this year. Yeah. And so based on that presumption, it would be logical to assume that we probably haven't even felt the worst of the rate cycles, and we're probably still six months out from that level of pain. So I'll be curious to note whether or not you know people are in a position where they can't hold their homes there could be a few people that are there that are squeezed from buying in the height of 2022. But I mean, I just feel like people will pay their mortgage before anything else. And it's just probably not going to be an issue that, that we deal with so many foreclosures as they're predicting. Right. I'd agree with that. I'd say the, the first things that people are going to kind of avoid paying would be those small bills, like credit cards or not necessarily every credit card small, but like phone bills, those small credit cards, but most people are going to do whatever it takes to keep a roof over their head. And I think we've, we've seen that. Yeah, by the fact that we haven't had anyone come to us and say, I need to sell my home. Totally, totally. So let's, I mean, let's talk about uh, other, so we know what happened with the BOC. We know they kept the rates the same. Let's talk about some of the predictions that came out. And so we've, we've had a few predictions that came out. I'm going to pull up a little bit of a chart here. Obviously you're the podcast, you can't hear this, but most of the major banks published a chart of, or sorry, not a chart. They published their predictions based on their major economists for the year 2024. 
Now, here's the thing. And we know that economists are economists, right? They get paid to be right half the time, right? So 50% of the time. And we've been watching the naysayers say since 2000, basically since 2008, be ready for the potential collapse of the market, right? So, I mean, you tell me, but I don't think we're in for a massive market collapse. But do you, I mean, do you recall any of these predictions and just like general thoughts on when you saw them, what your, what your feelings were towards them? Yeah, I've seen the predictions. I mean, prediction is just not a prediction. You got to take it for what it's worth. It's the initially, it was initially predicted that rates would be low until the end of this year and look where we are. So keep that in mind when, whenever looking at a prediction from some of these guys. Yeah, no doubt. That's absolutely the case. But let's, let's go through these. I'm just trying to find my chart here really quickly to actually walk through what some of these numbers are. But yeah, so basically here's what the numbers are for anybody listening that wants to know what's going on in terms of the big bank rates. So we've got BMO that's suggesting a target rate by the end of 2024. They're suggesting a half point. So they're they're the most conservative of all of the, the big banks in terms of their predictions. And that's the end of the year 2024. By the end of the year 25, they haven't provided that yet. And I mean, ultimately, there's a, there's a few other kind of different variations that they provided, but that's kind of where they land on their side of things. The target rate at the year-end 24 CIBC, they're suggesting 3.5%. So they're thinking about 1.5. So they're definitely on the most aggressive side. I mean, that that seems really interesting. That's Benjamin Tal, who is pretty widely regarded as far as the information that he puts out there on a regular basis, hey? For sure. We're looking at NBC National Bank, 4%. So a 4%, so that's a 1% reduction within the next year to overall interest rates. And, and just so you, know, you guys out there know, that is equivalent to an 8 to 10% increase in borrowing power. So interesting to note that. And for every quarter point, we know that's about a $15 roughly difference in payments for every hundred grand. So 60 bucks in a year per, and then if you're borrowing like $500,000, which was our average loan amount for, for years, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pretty significant difference, 300 bucks on the monthly payments that is going back down in one year. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. We got RBC, 1% reduction is their uh, proposal. Scotia, they're suggesting a prediction of uh, another 1%. And then TD again, matching CIBC with 1.5% re- overall predictions for 2024. Thoughts? Yeah, I think some of those are pretty aggressive in in my mind. I'm, I'm more partial to think they're going to keep it status quo for a little bit longer, just for the reasons that we touched on earlier, that it takes a while for these increases to make their way through the market. And I think given any unexpected events in the world or in the economy, I'd, I'd expect that rates will probably stay where they're at probably to the last the last quarter of 2024. Okay. All right. Interesting. So That's my hot take. Yes, that is a hot take. So, you know, I mean, obviously you're probably more in line with the BMO prediction here from that perspective, about a half percent by the end of the year. And you might not be wrong because ultimately Tiff Macklin came out in, you know, I think this was a few weeks ago now in, in November, not to date this too much. And he said that essentially they're going to try to avoid what happened in the 1970s. And in, in the 1970s, for those who don't know, they went through obviously a massive inflationary crisis. They increased interest rates, but then they dropped them before, I guess, the economy was fully recovered at that point or to a point where inflation was pulled down. And then essentially it bounced up, which is why you dealt with what you always hear if you're listening to boomers, yeah. the 19 early 1980s, which is where we had that massive spike in the, the old 18% interest yeah. rates, right? 
So yeah, so basically, ultimately, I mean, my thoughts on the matter is, you know, CIBC is 1.5% reduction. I think a lot of this obviously comes into, you know, what is that delay? What is that delayed cycle? And how bad is the impact that we see in this April timeline? The market's pricing in quite heavily right now, the first rate prediction to be in April of 2024, with almost like 100% certainty, like that's how, how much that's the degree of confidence that the market is pricing in a rate drop wow. by a quarter by April. But as you just suggested, I mean, or we both talked about there, there's a very good chance that that could be delayed. And the number one reason I think that could be is actually real estate and mortgage related costs. To be more specific, and, and Matt, I'm not sure if you saw this report, but there was a report out there that showed that, and there's a lot of reports actually about this that talk about this. If you actually look through and break down like what comp comprises inflation, the number one cost in costs is housing. Mm -hmm. So rental rates yeah, and mortgage rates. So, I mean, like, I don't know what, given that feedback there, it seems that it would make sense that inflation is going to be pretty high for a little bit longer, given that feedback, your thoughts. I'd agree. I mean, look what the last year and a half, two years has looked like. What have you seen very significant increases on mortgage rates, rental rates, and if they're making up a big portion of that bucket, that's kind of why I'm more leaning towards a decrease closer to the end of the year. Yep. And I think, yeah, I, I think the, the Bank of Canada recognizes that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're probably not wrong from that perspective. In the meantime, while we're talking about this, today's implied rate forecast, which is, it is based on a certain day and time, and this can change any time right now, is that we'll see interest rates decline. The, the implied rate forecast is that we'll see a 1% dip by the end of the year. But again, as of course, April of this year being where, where most suggestions are coming in that there's going to be a quarter point dip. So, I mean, we'll obviously wait and see. I would be leaning more towards the 0.75 to 1% range and that the one and a half is very aggressive. But the one thing that I'm always reminded when I'm listening to a lot of these forecasts from, from a lot of the economists, if you look back at history, is that typically speaking, like when we have to drop rates, we have to drop them fast. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really just happen like a slow little drip down like we want them to be. So it's almost like I almost expect that they'll probably hold longer and and dip them really quickly uh, because of some unforeseen event or things are way worse than expected. And so that'll be an interesting consideration. Let's talk for a second about fixed rates. You know, wh what have you noticed lately in the fixed rate space? Well, they are definitely coming down a little bit. And I'd say the last couple of weeks, like fairly quickly, like we've gotten quite a few emails from lenders on, on rate drops, making some nice calls to clients, advising them of these rate drops, which is always fun to do. Hoping that trend continues in 2024 and it kind of looks like it might. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and to that point, what I found really interesting about that was that rate drops have occurred, like it, obviously if for those people who don't know this is that typically speaking, fixed interest rates follow uh, the bond yields in the bond market. And without going into a long conversation, we'll have a separate piece on that. Basically what we've, uh, observed is that we've seen a 1%, almost a 1% decrease mm -hmm. in the bond yields over the course of the last four weeks. Yeah. And that should correlate in 1% rate reduction, you would think, but it hasn't. It hasn't at all. Not quite. I've seen it for the most part, but a half percent, roughly, maybe a little more. I'd say so. I like just using uh, a client's file as an example. We had one, one file, 6.11% uh, reduced down to 5.91%. So not nothing for sure. Yeah, but a 20 point dip. And that was in like the last two to three weeks. But it, I mean, it should go without saying that when the bond yields dip, the banks are typically speaking more willing to negotiate. And we've noticed that from a pricing work perspective. Hey, absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing them be extra aggressive. The banks are kind of playing the rate game. 
frustrating from a consumer perspective too, though, because ultimately, and, and you I'm sure can speak to this as well, they're not really offering terms up front. They're kind of playing the, hey, go find a rate and come back to us game. Yeah, they're willing to, to match it or undercut it by a couple points, maybe a little bit of cash back here, but definitely not uh, super forthcoming and what the, the rate will be Yeah, right at the onset. They kind of want to see what other brokers or other lenders are providing and then doing what they can to win that business. Yeah. And I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be so, we know this is super frustrating from a consumer perspective because obviously they're, they're not really being proactive. And if rates go down further, what do you got to do? You got to go out there and obviously source some more rates before they're going to be willing to do that. And I think we actually should be interesting because lately we've picked up a lot of business because of that. Yeah. People are like, Hey, I just don't want to work with this, these banks that are doing this back and forth game because we obviously proactively get the rates dropped anyways. Right. Absolutely. So on that note, so speaking of where the value is right now, this is a super interesting conversation. Like what are some of the rates that people are taking? And then obviously what's the impact of lower interest rates in the marketplace? You know, obviously for the last, what, four months, the most common rate has been in what like term on your side? Two or three years, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely a three-year fixed, yeah. right? Like everybody is like three-year fixed, three-year fixed, three-year fixed. And we've seen that in the pricing in the market. Banks have been more aggressive on the three-year. It seemed to make sense because the forecast was like, at the time, like 2026 is when you'll likely see interest rates come down. And so for most people, that gives them that like sense of, of certainty. But there's been a crazy shift lately. I mean, I've noticed about yourself. Yeah, I'd say with with rates kind of expected to come down at some point in 2024, like seeing a lot more competitiveness on the five-year fixed. Yep. Like the the decreases on the five-year side, you're seeing those below six now, which is interesting. We haven't seen that in the last the last few months. And a little bit more interest on the variable side as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear, below six on the uninsurable side, so it's a 30-year mortgage. On the insured side, we just saw them break the 5% barrier. So we saw some 4.99% rates which are crazy. And insured mortgage, again, is one where you're putting less than 20% down. Or if you had a mortgage with less than 20% down, you can transfer it to that type of product. But, you know, and Matt, I, I'm sure you'd agree with this. Like, I, I would run from a five-year fix right now. Like, Yeah, it's not something that uh, I would personally take on, just given what we're expecting to see in the market. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that your situation doesn't warrant uh, a conversation about it. But it's not the the overwhelming majority are, are interested in that term right now. Yeah. And for good reason, because like if we looked at the forecast, which the rate forecast market right now on on this market is essentially that we're going to see at least that 1% drop. Even on the fixed rate side, there's a proposal that we're going to see somewhere between one and a half to two and a half percent over the next 24 months. Like, Why would you lock yourself into a five-year fixed mortgage rate at 6% when you could go into, like you mentioned, I know it's scary and a lot of people don't like it, but a potential variable rate mortgage where you can slide back down and hypothetically, and within one year, you match that rate, let alone the rest of the two, three years of that term, right? Exactly. You, know, you pay a bit of a premium now, just kind of getting in on the variable a little bit earlier, but then you kind of ride that wave down as opposed to two years ago when you were riding it all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. So right now, I mean, it's, it's probably a healthy mix of mortgages that we're seeing. Two years, we're still seeing some three years, and we're still and we're now starting to see. In fact, I think the last three or four were variable rates that we yeah. did recently, specifically adjustable rates where the payments go down. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people right now they're like, "Heck, I want to take those stairs down if we're going down." Right? Absolutely. I'm tired of being on this top end of the the wagon, so to speak. So, with all that being said, I mean, some of the things that some of the impacts of what happened here recently, and some of the things that we've noticed are, and we've talked about it, are obviously the rental rates and what's happening in the marketplace. And, and how that plays a role in all of what's going on. And more more specifically is what could happen if rates, you know, 
stay a little bit lower and move forward in the next little bit. So, I mean, I'll just give my piece really quickly here. Like first and foremost, we've seen a lot of studies that have come out recently. Rental rates are just, they're just going up everywhere through the roof. And the cost of renting is going up at a substantially higher rate than the cost of buying contrary to what, what people think. Mm -hmm. So if you can get into the market, it's just another reminder of the opportunity that presents itself, assuming you're not paying some, you know, antiquated thousand dollar rent from what, four years ago or something like that. Right. The other note on that was, well, there's a lot of like conflict about where the market's going to go next year. We saw obviously a one point drop in the bond yields, but of course that could bounce back really quickly. And we could see that shift up, especially, you know, if we're waiting until April or mm-hmm. the fall, like your prediction is on the, the rate side of things. So, so, I mean, what are your thoughts here? If you, th- if you were to kind of forecast January, February, based on that, based on people coming up for renewal, like what do you think that the rate change or lack of rate change today is going to do for the market over the next say a couple months? That's a tough one. I mean, in terms of with the market, I think we're just going to see a lot more people open having a conversation, just wanting to see where where things are at, just knowing that, you know, this cycle of increases is over. A lot of people were on the fence for the last two years. They didn't want to jump into the market while things were were kind of climbing. Mm. And they kind of wanted to see that signal that things were on the way down before having any conversations. So I think a lot of these people that maybe were willing to put their there it's the word i'm looking for their hand in the game i guess mm-hmm. you're gonna start seeing those people come back mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're, you're not wrong in that perspective i mean there's no doubt that we're probably going to see some people that are squeezed because of the higher rates for an extended period of time there's definitely going to be probably a mix of of some pain in there too and you're going to see some renewals where people even if we refinance or restructure them there's a little bit less money in the pocket but the one thing I always try to remind anybody about the real estate market, even the worst of the worst when they talk about crashes, is like there's always a pricing floor mm-hmm. in Canadian real estate. Historically speaking, like Canadians have such a strong sentiment for real estate as as an investment, but also their home. And the thing is, like it, it, when there is positivity in the marketplace, so when we see, hey, rates have paused, you, you know this and I know this, typically speaking, three weeks later, guess what? We get a lot of calls, right? Yeah. It's just like this mental game more so if rates were just to go down that one percent even on the fixed or the variable rate side that minimum qualifying rate as we've talked about goes down which means our clients borrowing power or listeners borrowing power goes up by you know as much as eight to ten percent range right 100 percent, and I, i'd go as far as saying too that there's a lot of those people that were unwilling to look just because they couldn't qualify for the the property that was going to meet their needs or the property that was going to you know achieve those goals that they set for themselves and I think with the the decrease in rates, that qualifying rate going down, yeah, open the door for those people to kind of get into the market at the price point that they were initially after. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think even more and more so, like one of the reasons that people didn't buy this year is because hey, I got a two percent rate, and now what's going to happen is they're one year closer to being up on their term. You know, it's not as uh, big of a leap from two percent to six percent. Maybe it's two percent to five percent. And they might say, oh, well, I only have one year remaining. Okay, well, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can make that move. And and so for a lot of people, they say that that's going to be an increase to supply. Well, we still have an insane amount of demand, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have like I don't know, hundreds of pre-approvals that are waiting to buy and trying to wait for the market. Anyway, I mean, I think that's probably going to be an interesting year. We're going to have the renewals coming up. We're going to have the uncertainty around rates. But I think we're going to have that positivity and lower rate. I don't know. Throw it in the pod. We'll figure it all out, right? Yeah. So. It should be interesting. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the the conversation here around where rates are going. Don't don't leave yet. The only quick thing I got to ask for you is if you love the podcast, if you're loving the show, make sure to rate us. Give us a great rating on iTunes and Spotify if you're listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up and follow the channel. 
Otherwise, we appreciate it. Give us some feedback. Let us know if you want to bring Matt onto the show and we'll see you next time. That was an unreal episode of The Flow. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did on my side right here. If you haven't already done so, make sure to check out all of the incredible resources that we have available. You can find us on Instagram at Flow Mortgage Co. You can find us on our website, getflowmortgage.ca. And of course, don't forget our free first time homebuyer masterclass that's currently available on our website for anyone who listens to the episodes. And if you loved what you listened here today, the only thing that we ask for is to share this with someone else that you think this could help. And hey, maybe leave us a great review online.